again, everyone, and welcome back to the show. You're listening to Firearms Cafe. I'm your host, Tony Brown. Today is Sunday, the 27th of January, 2013. This show is part of the Gun Rights Radio Network. Podcasting freedom. One show thingy at a time or something like that. I don't know. Hey, buddy, what you got there? It's my iPhone. I'm listening to my shows. What's on here? Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I'm pretty good with computers and stuff. So you downloaded them using iTunes? No, I'm using Stitcher. M-O-O-N. That spells Stitcher. Oh. Well, how does it work? I don't know. Magic, I guess. I see. Did Uncle Pete put that on your phone for you? Yeah. I watched Spongebob yesterday. (laughs) He he and Patrick were selling chocolate. Before we jump into the show, let's get the contact info out of the way. You can contact me several different ways. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. Or you can go to the website, which is firearmscafe.com. On the right-hand side of the page is a Send Voicemail tab. When you click on it, you will be able to send up to a 10-minute message to me using your computer's microphone. You can also record an MP3 or WAV file and email that to me for the show. If you're not comfortable with recording an audio message, please feel free to contact me via email, and I'll read out your comments on the next show. The address for both email and audio content is firearmscafe at gmail.com. Again, that's all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook listener page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube channel. There are buttons for these at the website, so please go there and click on those buttons and like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and subscribe to me on YouTube. These are all free. Finally, there are the forums at Gun Rights Radio Network, where I have the Firearms Cafe subforum. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for spending your time with me and listening to the show. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get the show started. We'll start off with some feedback that I got. And I have an email from Kevin, and he writes in, Tony, I really appreciate your shows. I've recently started listening and just finished with all the back podcasts for Firearms Cafe and I'm currently listening to all Armed Ape shows. I work for a major gun retailer here in Utah and sell guns for a living. I've seen the panic buying in 2008 when Obama was running for office and the recent panic due to his recent actions. I recently moved to Utah back in April of this year from Missouri. I can really appreciate the value and emphasis that Utah places on our gun rights. Recently, Representative Mathis of Utah introduced Utah House Bill 76, which would allow Utah resident 21 years of age and not prohibited to own a firearm to carry either open or concealed without a permit. And this would allow Utah to join the several other states in becoming a constitutional carry state. Also, the Sheriff's Association recently sent a very strongly worded letter to our president letting him know that Utah would not comply with any attempt to remove or infringe upon our gun rights in any way. This is an awesome statement and very exciting for those of us concerned with our Second Amendment rights. Every sheriff in our state, except one, the sheriff of Salt Lake County, signed this letter to the president. In addition, my employer placed a sign in all our retail stores around the country that says to tell our government no more gun control and list that particular state representative and their contact info. What a great company that I work for. I'm attaching a link to House Bill 76 for your review. 
Keep up the great shows. All right, Kevin, thanks for sending that in. I will, of course, put a link to that, the link that he sent uh, over at the website. That'll be under show number uh, 76, I was going to say. It'll be under show number 87 and uh, will be over at firearmscafe.com. So you just go over there and you can click on that and you'll be able to see the proposed legislation uh, in Utah. Now, an interesting thing, we are seeing a lot of states and a lot of sheriffs doing exactly the same type of thing. They are trying to boister themselves at the state level so that if there is any type of federal, I guess, prosecution maybe, uh, for lack of a better term, or or federal, which I've used in the past, a lot of times I'll say overreach, that this will allow the citizen of that state some access to uh, the... The, the money and the resources of their particular state to fight against the money and the resources of the federal. And one of the reasons why it's so important that the sheriffs are signing and doing these things is the sheriff is the chief law enforcement officer in that area, and that's an elected position. In theory, the way it's supposed to work is that the, the, the sheriff is going to be more accountable and serve and do things that serve and protect the people more so than he is going to be um, affiliated or aligned with any type of either political party or uh, political organizations that are in power. Now, does that always work that way? No. But the reality is if enough people get get fed up with a particular sheriff, they can vote him out and vote somebody new in. The reason a lot of times that you'll see the police chiefs are standing behind these uh, these gun banners and the, legis- the people like Feinstein, you know, she has all these police officers and police uh, chiefs and stuff that are standing behind her. Those are all, for the most part, political positions when you get up to that level. Now, I don't know exactly how they're appointed, wh- why they can be removed. I don't know if it's a thing of when maybe a new mayor of a city comes in. I don't know if they can change that person out. So if anybody out there really kind of knows the real procedure for something like that, let me know. But again, if you have a mayor who's very anti-gun and if your job depends on you enforcing or making it hard on gun owners as the police chief and you want to set the tone for your department to do that, it would seem that you could you could put a lot of pressure from the top down. Having said that, I, I knew a lot of police officers in my days as a, as a probation officer, and the guys on the ground have quite a bit of discretion. And a lot of those guys, I know that they probably would not enforce a lot of this stuff. They would, if they came to a house and there was a, a ban on magazines, and uh, they would maybe turn a blind eye to it, that type of thing. So anyway, uh, now none of them I'm sure would come on and admit that, but we all know that stuff like that happens, both for good and for bad. And some people would say, well, you know what? You've been real critical of police, and you say that they need to enforce the laws as written and this and that. And that's true, and they don't need to overstep their bounds because they do have a lot of power. And in the same breath, we can also talk about that as individual officers, they should be looking at the laws, and if those laws are unconstitutional, and infringe on civil rights and human rights, they should say, we refuse to enforce these laws that are written. So it's not, it's not enough to say that just because the law is on the books that it needs to be enforced. 
it's the duty and the obligation of every police officer out there and every deputy sheriff to say, are these laws constitutional? Are they just? And if they are not, then they, they then by what they've sworn to do, they can't enforce or uphold those laws. So anyway, Kevin, uh, thanks for writing in. And like I said, hope to hear from you again real, real soon. We've got another bit of feedback from Skaz, and he writes in, Hi, Tony. I'm a longtime listener and first-time writer. I thoroughly enjoy the show. I actually prefer Arm Day, but they don't seem too different. I didn't realize you were at the Gun Appreciation Day rally. If I had known, I'd try to sync up with you. Here's my write-up of the event. Our counts were way different, but from reports I saw, we had thousands statewide. I also wanted to ensure that you're aware of this rally that's going to happen on the 16th, and I intend to be there. Keep up the good work. Signed, Skaz. All right, well, what I will do is I will go ahead and put a link to his write-up of the event. He also has some photos, so you guys can go over to Show 87 and click on that, and I'll have it under uh, Skaz link, S-K-A-S, and you'll see that stuff. And I'll also put a link to the uh, to the rally that he's talking about. In his article, he references that there was about maybe, he thought about 200 to 300 people there total. Uh, again, when I was doing my estimations, what I did is I took like a little section and I counted up in that little section about 60 people. And at the time, I would have been able to do about 10 or 11 of those little sections that I had. And some of them were a little bit more dense, some of them a little bit less dense. So that's where I was getting that uh, a number of about 600. And that was when when I was um, counting them sort of at the time. Also, during that time, people were sort of coming and going, but, but there were times when I think at its peak, and that's what I talked to the, to the, uh, uh, the police officers down there, and they're used to summing up how many people are there. I, I think we had way more than just two or 300 people there. But it's also good to know that statewide in other cities and other towns that people went down to their to their capitol buildings or or had or different rally points and we had other demonstrations i'm going to go ahead and talk now about a couple of responses that i got from from contacting my uh, elected representatives i got a response back from the governor she's actually very pro-gun she's done a lot to help us there were some things that she kind of vetoed that I wasn't too happy with in the past, having to do with firearm stuff. But in general, she's pro-gun. Uh, of course, she's still a politician, and she's going to kind of play that political game here and there. The response I got back from her was a just a auto-response, basically saying, hey, thanks for, for contacting us, and we'll keep your stuff on file. Even if that's all you get, it is important to do that. They do tally up the numbers on pro-gun and anti-gun type stuff. Uh, I also got one from my state legislator, which is a guy named J.D. Mesnard. And in looking at his voting records at the past, we see that he's always been pro-gun and that he's been willing to co-sponsor a lot of the firearms bills and pro-gun stuff. And that's what you need to do. When you, even when you get a response back from these guys, whether it's positive or negative, or if it's just a form letter, 
go and take the time and look up what their voting record is because that's going to give you the best indication of where they really stand uh, because that's when kind of push comes to shove and they have to do something you know either it's a yes or a no you'll you'll understand where they're where they're really coming from no matter what they say now i'm going to go ahead and read out what he sent he referenced specifically stuff uh, that was said and he says thanks for your email regarding gun control Senator Kelly Ward has introduced Senate Bill 1112, and this was the uh, bill that we talked about on the last show, Arizona Firearms Prohibited Enforcement, which deals with this issue. I will fight to protect your Second Amendment rights, and I will be watching Senator Ward's bill as it moves through the Senate and into the House for our vote. And so I expect him to vote no on anything that is restrictive, anything that bans ownership, anything that bans accessories, things like that, because he's done sort of stuff like that in the past. Uh, again, when you're looking at these, look at what these guys are co-sponsoring. Look at what they're sponsoring. If you see a lot of times that they're co-sponsoring a lot of stuff that is pro-gun, but they don't seem to really sponsor, they're not like the main guy on it, a lot of times they'll leave sort of the the uh, writing of that to people that have maybe a little bit more experience. It's not that they don't want to push forward stuff. But they understand sometimes, oh, it's better to leave it up to, let's say, like the Senator Ward or Senator Harper or somebody like that because they have more experience in crafting this type of legislation and they can make sure that there won't be anything that's in there that could maybe be a loophole that could could be a way to uh, actually hurt gun owners and gun rights when it was really intended to to help it. Uh, Also, let's say, keeping on the uh, legislative stuff, I uh, Like I said, I signed up for the Arizona Citizens Defense League, of which I'm a member, but I'm signed up to get their updates. And on the last show, they were estimating there had been about 600 pieces of legislation. Right now, they're saying there's about 800. And like we've, we've talked about before that, a lot of these bills will never sort of see the light of day. They'll, they, they won't have time to do all of them. Uh, it says the, the final deadline... For our bill uh, for bills to be filed, excuse me, is February 11th, so that's going to be coming up pretty soon. And uh, I, over on the website, I have the Arizona Citizens Defense League. There's a link over on kind of the right hand right hand side. If you just go and click on that, it'll it'll take you right to them, and then you can access all this information. Uh, but they do have some good bills, and I'm going to go ahead and just super quick kind of go through this stuff. Uh, and then we, we may talk a little bit about it here and there, and then we'll probably go ahead and, and uh, call the show to a close today. It's going to be kind of a short one today. Uh, so the good bills that are in there are House Bill 2234, which is going to standardize the definition of a firearm, and uh, House Bill 2288 is a bill that would move firearm storage requirements for state and local government, so public buildings. Uh, from the weapons misconduct statute to the preemption statutes, it would also require operators of public property wishing to ban weapons to restrict access to the property and provide either armed guards and metal detectors and storage lockers as well. It allows for legal action against the operator when they don't obey the law. So in a nutshell, it says that simply putting up a, a no firearm sign on the door doesn't cut it. You either have to provide real security for those or you have to take the sign down. Now you have House Bill 2291 and Senate Bill 1112, which we talked about. Uh, And these bills are basically identical. Uh, 
that uh, we had talked about where they were going to say that um, it's going to prohibit enforcement by state and feds of any federal firearms laws uh, that relates to us. Uh, and so, and we've kind of gone over that stuff before a little bit. House Bill uh, 2326 prohibits maintaining information on a person who possesses, purchases, transfers, or sells a firearm except in the course of a law enforcement investigation. Uh, right now, House Bill 2326 has passed out of the House Judiciary Committee. This was on the 24th by a vote of 6-2. to two. So that is good on that. House Bill 2431 would clarify that members of the Arizona Guard composed of the state militia may... Uh, I lost my place. Let me start over here. It says, House Bill 2431 would clarify that members of the Arizona Guard composed of the state militia, see House Bill 2433, may possess particularly suited firearms or equipment, which include firearms with standard-slash-full-capacity magazines and semi-automatic pistols, rifles, and shotguns. In a nutshell, since the Arizona Guard is composed of the state militia, restrictions cannot be made on things like magazine capacity and firearm features. So since they referenced Bill uh, House Bill 2433, we'll go down and I'll, I'll read that real quick. House Bill 2433 would eliminate the age cap, currently 45 years old, on a member of the state militia, i.e. all able-bodied citizens capable of bearing arms. So again, what they're saying is that it's a way to even if there's federal bans and, and the bans and if the federal if they try and get around some of the stuff on the federal level and they say well okay yeah your your guard members can do it what they say is that the Arizona State Guard is really the state militia and what the state militia is is it's all able-bodied citizens now the way that the the the, the militia how it was defined before said that it was every person who is able-bodied and capable of bearing arms from the age, I believe, of 18 to 45, by virtue of being in the state, you are in the militia. And what they're trying to do now is, again, this is one of the loopholes that they're trying to get rid of. So if that were the case, and then if the Fed said, okay, that's fine, but the day you turn 46... You 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 can't have those weapons anymore. You can't have your AR-15. You can't have your AKs, and you can't have any of your high cap mags. So again, this is basically saying as long as you're able-bodied and you're capable of bearing arms, none of these bans would be enforceable because you are in effect a part of the militia, which is in effect a part of the guard. Now we can talk about and have other discussions on. You know, is that like uh, kind of a statist thing? Blah blah blah. Basically, what this is, I think, is it's just sort of using their own rules against them type thing. Uh, and like I said, if you guys want to have uh, further discussions on that, whether you think it's a good thing or a bad thing, uh, go ahead and either call in or, or write into the show, and we'll do that on the next show. Let's see, what else is there here? Um, this is also a good one here that I like. It says, uh, House Bill 2455 would clarify that even firearms that are voluntarily surrendered to a state or local entity, so a, a buyback program basically, can't be destroyed and must be sold. Uh, there's also a thing that allows for a reduced hunting license fee for members of the military and veterans. Eh, 2468 is that bill. I, again, I don't, 
I don't like things that give special privilege to uh, to other citizens. Why should somebody who is currently in the military or a veteran, why should they get a break on something when I don't? I don't really care for that one. But anyway, that's one they support. They have some bad bills here, which, as you might expect, are going to be things. Uh, this is a really terrible one. Um, House Bill 23. Seven six, which would allow law enforcement officers when contacting anyone possessing a firearm to make a non-professional assessment of their mental state and if, in their sole discretion, they determine that a person may be a danger to themselves or others, seize their firearms and request that they be carted off for a court-ordered mental evaluation. So, again, let's say if you're being uncooperative with them because they're asking you to do this or to do that, and you haven't there uh, we see this a lot of times on YouTube videos maybe they're harassing somebody that is open carrying if they say hey this guy seems a little squirrely if this bill went through they could in effect you know tase you or do whatever they need to do take you into custody and then actually have you go through a uh, a court ordered mental eval which at that point Again, you know, if we look at some of the federal stuff, we're seeing that that the Obama administration wants to increase the the uh, leeway, if I'm saying it right, of law enforcement stuff and of the psychiatric community to be able to say, well, to greatly expand what they're going to determine as mental illness. Uh, and again, it could be a way, again, another backdoor way to be able to take away a person who who hasn't done any harm and who really has no mental illness, but it's a way to say, well, you know, he didn't cooperate, and that's not really right, and he didn't cooperate in the eval, and so there's something wrong with this guy. So we think he he could be a danger. So we're gonna we can't allow this person to have firearms or ammunition anymore. Uh, let's see. Another bad bill is House Bill twenty three seventy eight. It would eliminate state preemption over the disposition of surrendered and confiscated firearms, allowing for local politicians to destroy rather than sell firearms as required by current law. They have another House Bill 2379 would automatically make anyone subject to a restraining order a prohibited firearms possessor regardless of the reason for the order. Again, on its surface, it would seem like that would be a good thing, but when people go through messy divorces, a lot of times, let's say, if the husband knows that the that the lady is that his his uh, soon to be ex wife is a avid IDPA shooter and really enjoys shooting and all this stuff, if he knows, well, I can do a restraining order against her, and then I know she won't be able to have those firearms. Uh, so again, uh, what sounds on the surface maybe is it would be kind of a good thing to to, to protect somebody who would uh, usually is like a battered wife or somebody who's being stalked. Uh, we could see that it could be it could be used without much discretion. Uh, also, House Bill twenty three eighty would ab- would just totally abolish constitutional carry. House Bill twenty three eighty one would arbitrarily classify virtually all semi automatic pistols and rifles as assault weapons and require that all transfers of these firearms be tightly controlled and only allowable via uh, FFL dealer. And violators would face a ten thousand dollar fine. So basically. What it would do is it would say that anything that, which 
when you think about it, really even a revolver is kind of a semi-automatic because when you when you pull the trigger, or you press the trigger back, it rot- the internals of it rotate the cylinder. So in 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 theory, it's rotating the magazine, the thing that holds your 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 ammunition. So much like on a semi-auto pistol, the slide comes back, uh, ejects a spent shell, and pushes the new one in when the slide returns into battery. I think that eventually you could make the the case that revolvers are that way too. So again, a lot of these things I don't. I don't think are really going to make it. There's also, here's a couple others here. There's Senate Bill uh, 1049, 1049, which would expand the definition of school and would make possessing a firearm on the campus as a classic felony. Under current law, it's a misdemeanor to possess a firearm on a uh, K-12 through school ground. Senate Bill 1050 would make it illegal to possess a magazine or any other feeding device capable of holding more than 10 rounds, the penalty from your possession of your current standard capacity, anything greater than 10 rounds would be a class four felony. Holy cow. Uh, right now, over 2000 people have contacted sinister. Ablester and informed him of their dislike of these bills. And if you haven't done so, please go ahead and contact them. Now, again, if you're, if you're an Arizona person, if you go over to the Arizona citizens defense league, you can click on there and there's a, a message that's been prepared and you can send. Is this going to have any effect on this guy? Eh, probably not. But if he gets like 10,000 responses, realistically, if it's over 2,000, that should make an impression on the guy. Um, again, in local politics, 1,500, 2,000 makes a difference. And if they know that those 1,500 or 2,000 people aren't going to vote for them, you know, it can sway and maybe they say, well, maybe I kind of let this thing die. All right. Um, I think that's going to do it. I know the show kind of got a little scattered here at the end. So thanks for bearing with me. So let's kind of go out on a positive note and I'll try and rein it back in and, and uh, get a little bit more organized here. Let's talk about some of the sh- other shows that I'm listening to and uh, some recommendations I have for you guys. Uh, there are a ton of shows out there right now. You know, when I first started this thing, what, about four years ago, I guess it was, there weren't that many. There was only maybe 10 to 12 shows total in all of iTunes or in all of internet land that you could actually kind of access and get. And now there's just tons of them. In fact, there's so many of them that I, you know, I can't listen to them all. I'll go ahead and just name off a few that, uh, that I like. And uh, ones that I try and listen to. I, uh, of course, always like listening to my buddy Ken Kowalski over at the Rimfire Podcast. There's Pro Arms Podcast that I like. Um, There is the Road Gunner Podcast. There's New Shooter, although uh, Nick hasn't put a show out in a while. Uh, I like Liberty or Zombie. Uh, I also like listening to Lou Rockwell's show. Um, which isn't always about guns. It's mostly a, it's more like a political thing. But a lot of times they, it's a it's a more of a libertarian thing. And so if you're if you believe in the uh, libertarian, if you consider yourself a little bit more libertarian, you're gonna you're gonna be pro gun. Uh, of course, there's gun dudes. There's gun guy radio, gunfighter cast, uh, gun talk, which is Tom Gresham, um, downrange radio. 
Oh, I'm sure there's some I'm leaving out. I can't think of them just off the top of my head. Um, there's one that I've been listening to recently called Safety Solutions Academy, I think is the name of it, uh, which I like. Other than that, like I said, I, I can't uh, I can't think of too much right now. Uh, but give those guys a, a listen to. I think I, did I mention Gunfighter Cast? I think I did. Uh, but uh, give all those guys a listen and uh, check them out, and I think you'll enjoy them. All right, guys, I will uh, talk to you next time. Here we go. One step at a time, don't be living on the line. I don't need a friend, I got morbid on the mind. Sunshine in my brain, making everyone complain. Radio in the heart, don't be being so strange. Think I'm losing it, baby, where you been? Everybody says that you're moving again.